Hello, uh, it's Daniel Strauss here, aka The Raspberry Ape, and we are here with the uh, second episode of The Raspberry Ape Podcast. Um, I just wanted to start off by saying thank you very much to everyone who has shown some love my way, uh, and the podcast way, I should say, uh, over the first episode. Um, so thanks a lot for the support, and uh, yeah, if you continue to do so, then that would be fantastic. Uh, this week I am joined with Alan Witten of Fighter's Mind. Fighter's Mind is a... Uh, kind of a, uh, it's a, it's a mental performance. It's a mental, coaching. yeah, exactly. Yeah. What trying to say. I don't want to, I don't want to mess up your words. It's a mental performance uh, service to try and, and you know, it's kind of what it says in the ten A. Fighter's mind. It's mm. about uh, improving the mind of a fighter. Funnily enough, mm. so uh, screw it. You can introduce yourself. How are you doing, Alan? You right? I'm good, Dan. Yeah, and, you know, thanks for having me. I was, I was gonna, I wanted to put on my American voice and sort of say thank you for this opportunity, but. I thought I'd be a dick if I said that. So I'm not going to say that. Uh, yeah, no, it's great to be here. Um, so Fighters Mind is is mental performance coaching for, for fighters and martial artists. Um, I do sort of include that because sometimes that, you know, I deal with martial artists that they're not competitive fighters, but they've still got shit that they need to get themselves sorted. You know, if they're, maybe they've got some nerves or they're not in the right sort of performance state for when they roll and train, you know, so uh, it's something that's, it's, uh, that's open to them and, and uh, I'm not, one of my bugbears is, is are, are people that specifically coaches um, uh, that say, oh, I only work with elite athletes and stuff. I just, just think that's a bunch of horse shit. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to work with like the biggest loser at fighting, you know, and somebody who's, because re- I love me an underdog. You know, I mean, I had a guy uh, who came to me as a very nervous and slightly socially challenged, um, um, schoolboy boxer. Mm. And, you know, uh, and we've sort of turned him around to, he, he's now, you know, he's, he's sort of boxed for England and England are looking at him and he's, and just to see that, that, that transformation in him, I'm just like, Oh, that's because I love somebody going from nothing to, you know, everyone loves the underdog story. Love right? me. An everyone underdog. loves the yeah. underdog story. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So before we get started, really, I kind of I think because we're only doing audio, a lot of people are vi- trying to visualise the man behind the mic. <laughs> God. And um, it's probably best they don't. Well, it? for <laughs> most people, I wouldn't worry too much, but <laughs> I kind of just have to tell everyone that you are just a big old motherfucker. <laughs> That's yeah. How tall are you, Adam? Yeah, I'm I'm like six four. And six four and what one hundred and twenty. Kilos and some spare change. I think it, I think it helps to uh, to have a guy, you know, to, to be able to uh, visualise the person that you're hearing on the other yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're a big guy and you train jiu-jitsu. You're a purple belt down at Mill Hill. You train with me. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, I I started off. Um, I started off. You know, I mean, this is back in 1984 or something like that. When you know, like like me and all the other kind of little dweebs, we saw Karate Kid. Yeah. First time round. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're like, oh, we need to get me some of that. So we started training at a little school and, you know, I sort of went from school to school and ended up um, uh, training with uh, a guy called Willie Thomas, uh-huh. who's five times world karate champion. Awesome, awesome guy. And um, so you ended up representing England for karate and, you know, fought in an international competition. I didn't and, know yeah. that. That's interesting. I didn't yeah, know I mean, you know, and, I, and, and, and and this might be one of the reasons why I do what I do is because uh, before the selections um, for, the, for the English, um, I remember sort of being in my bed and sort of just about to go to sleep. I remember punching my bed thinking, I will get selected like this. So mm-hmm. it's like it was a very strong, powerful commitment that yeah. I put in. And I, and I got committed for the Europeans. 
And I was thinking, great, I'm going to go somewhere exotic. It was in Glasgow, just my fucking luck. But um, <laughs> so then from then I, I, um, I, you know, I did that for a while. And then somebody lent me 101 knockdowns, kickboxing uh-huh. knockdowns. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? What's this little Thai guy doing? He's just doing a football kick on somebody's face. Yeah. And there wasn't any MMA around at that point. And for me, because, um, you know, I originally got into martial arts because I was afraid, because mm. I was afraid of conflict. Mm. Uh, you know, so I, I was like, this is the hardest thing I must do this Thai boxing thing. And that's, how I got into that and then did that and, you know, um, won an English and a British title. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen some pictures of you. There was a picture posted recently on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. You, you look like a bad motherfucker. It was, um, it was a shame really because you were standing over, you were like facing the camera in a classic Thai boxing square off pose and the guy behind you was, I I didn't, I didn't know that he was out of it. So, so so there was a chap who was studying journalism at the time and he said, Oh, I want to, you know, trek your whole, you know, fight night kind of thing. And I didn't know. And I I had a fight with this guy and I, uh, I, I, uh, I broke his leg, um, with with a, with a uh, left low kick. Did you break his femur? Uh, well, you, bro- bro- you checked it and um, I broke that you broke the femur yeah you broke his femur so um, that's a very hard I've never I don't think I've ever come yeah. across that we see a lot of people breaking their uh, their um, uh, tibula and their fibula um, but not the femur the, yeah. the way it worked is because the first round I came out and I was uh, low kicking with my right foot uh, and he was a kickboxer so he was like not used to checking mm. kicks so I'm like hammering away with this and then and then my my master my trainer Paul Taylor who's amazing amazing mm. probably the best unknown um yeah. type of instructor this uh he said get yeah, feign the right and hack the left so this time his cornerman has said you've got to start checking kicks so I've gone out feigned the right kick he's gone up on his left raised his left leg of course all of his weight is on his right leg yeah and so I've just gone snap and um, I, I, I drew back straight away because I heard it. But the referee was like, no, you've got to finish him. So Holy I had to punch shit. him down into the no. ropes. And uh, so what happened was the, uh, my friend was like, oh, I'm going to take a picture of you. He didn't tell me that the guy was behind getting oxygen, you know, with a broken leg. And I was like going, yeah, I just want to talk. I didn't know at that yeah, point. Yeah, but it makes, for, it makes for a very cool picture though. Yeah, yeah. Cool it's a couple of kilos lighter. As well, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yeah, you look in good shape there, man. Thanks, man. Um, how old do you know, Alan? You know, I'm 45. Yeah, 45, 45 turning 46. You've been you. training. You've been training most of your life, then. Yeah, so, I mean, basically since I was 14. Yeah, I've been so, much longer. So, um, kind of coming back towards what you do and, mm. and the fighters' mind stuff. Um, I've worked with you mm-hmm. for for a competition, and uh, it's actually one of the reasons I wanted to get you on because mm-hmm. I have some experience with you. And um, when I started, you know, when I was conceiving this podcast you're you're actually one of the top people that i wanted to get on because i think that the psychological side of not just brazilian jiu-jitsu relevant to me but to all martial arts especially there's something about martial arts that is very different to every other sport every other sport and there's there's, you're playing tennis you're playing cricket you're playing rugby you know even tough sports like rugby and stuff like that um obviously um, psychology and the mental side of training is a huge part, but it becomes very different when you're putting that aggression directly into another person. So, so the, what I would say to that is that um, uh, every other sport is a game. Mm, yeah. What we, what we yeah. do is this is hurt business. Yeah. You know, this is this is about fighting. This is about um, somebody who's going to who the whole aim of them is to um, effectively hurt you, to neutralize you, yeah. to to stop you. 
Um, so, you know, it draws on very uh, primal, you know, I mean, if, if you if, if you follow the sort of like the, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the tri-brain idea, you know, this draws upon the sort of... Oh, like, yeah, I follow that shit all day. Yeah, long. you know, oh, the, 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 this is, we're talking sort of reptilian brain stuff, yeah. you know, so... Um, so of course the natural response is it, it, it you know it causes fear, and uh, you know if you can use that fear, if you yeah. can conquer that fear, you can um, you can do something wonderful, and um, and you know really so it, you know it's so many uh, martial artists and 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 fighters, you know they just they they leave it to sort of chance or they make up yes. their own little rituals, yes. and sometimes yes. it's really good. Uh-huh. But, you know, my, my question for you, Dan, is if you've got two fighters, both the same experience, same weight, same nutrition, same, you know, say wrestling, same strength and conditioning, you know, when it comes down to that fight, you know, you know, what, what are they going to be, the, what's going to be the difference that makes a difference? If Absolutely. one guy believes in himself, one guy doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's a no brainer. So, yeah, well, that kind of gets on to what I was, uh, my mindset when I first approached you for training. So I think that I came in looking back with some perspective. I look, I, I, I was quite ignorant of the mental side of training. Um, I believe that sports psychologists and people who needed to do supplementary training for their, um, psychology and for their mental side were people who already had the negative aspects of it. People who were nervous and people who were scared of fighting mm. and people who were being negatively hindered by their mind. I've since then, and working with you, and I think before working with you, which is why I want to do it, I started to realize how wrong I was and that, no, the, the brain isn't just something that has the ability to drag you downwards and something mm. that you need to stop it from dragging you downwards. Mm. But in fact, the mind is an incredibly powerful weapon. Uh, and I would argue that it's the single most deadly, important, vital weapon that we have at our disposal. The mind is, and obviously the more you get into this and the more that you study it and the more that you realize, and I think, to be honest with you, even if I didn't train with you, the more that you just spend the time that you spend in the game, the people that you talk to, uh, your own adaptations of what you do psychologically when you think and when you're going for fights, what you're thinking beforehand, mm. uh, the brain is, is a sword that comes to you blunt and you can either leave it like that or really sharpen it. Mm. And uh, for the last, you know, maybe five or six years, I've just thought that the mental side of training was as it, I, I put as much emphasis into my psychological training as I do into my strength and conditioning, my technique work and uh, my diet. Absolutely, uh, Dan. And that's a, that's a very eloquent way of putting it. One of my favourite things when I'm working with an MMA fighter is to is to really depress the shit out of them because I say, right, you thought that it was just about your strength and conditioning, your nutrition, your wrestling, your jiu-jitsu and your tie boxing. Well, no, it's not because now you've got your mental yeah. mental side. And they're like, oh, another. it's just another discipline. Mm. And it's no, it's, it's, it's no less important than any, it's just another factor. And that's kind of the way I, I, I approach things. You know, I don't make out it out to be the most important thing most important thing um but it's for me it's certainly um an important factor along with the other sort of elements of of you know the discipline and the things that we're doing well i think it comes back to a sort of weakest link thing uh you're only as strong as your weakest link that's physical and i think that's overall as well yeah for sure if you have awesome technique and you have awesome conditioning and awesome strength Mm. but you quit as Mm. soon as the going gets tough and Mm. this is this is probably the most common thing when it comes to when we're talking about 
the the mental side of training you can be the biggest buffest strongest dude but if you quit if you don't have that strength in your mind mm. then you are only as strong as that and and and, and if that's weak then you're weak Look, so. you know we've all, we've all trained with those guys that that love dishing out the beats yes. but the minute the hurt is put on them yeah they are screaming like uh, kittens yeah well we were talking know. about this last week I was exactly about yeah Andrew, about toughness and stuff like that where you've got this big strong motherfucker mm -hmm. who you know he's going around and he's smashing everyone and then suddenly someone puts him on his back and crushes him yeah. and he just wants out yeah yeah, yeah. And, and then you have the little guy yeah. who doesn't have that weight to throw around but you put him on his back and he's just never going to quit yeah and that yeah. guy's going to be the better guy in the at the end of the day absolutely you know so so that mental toughness that resilience is I mean, it is gold. It, it it can be taught, which is what I teach. Mm. Um, but it's it really is a mindset that mm. I think is so important for for anyone doing any kind of martial arts to really, you know, like get in get into their skin. Kind yeah. Of thing. Uh, so what I wanted to do was I wanted to talk about my experience with you and how I feel that that's affected me. And like I said, affected me. Uh, taking me from what I would consider neutral, as in I don't have any negative effects from fear, anxiety, or anything like that. I've always, you know, I've been fighting since I was, uh, you know, competing in Brazilian mm. Jiu-Jitsu since I was about 14, 15, mm. um, and I've never really had, uh, got very nervous about anything mm. like that. Um, but taking it from that sort of neutral ground mm. into what I believe uh, my mindset to be mm. actually a benefit when I come to training. Absolutely. Um, so, the main question people ask me is, do I get nervous? And my answer to them is no. And the reason I can tell them that I don't get nervous is to do with what we've done. Now, we never worked about nerves. But what we did, what I did with you, the main thing uh, that I did with you, and obviously we'll go more into your techniques and stuff later on, but the main thing that I did with you, just from my perspective, how I see it, simplified, is that you gave me the ability to switch on into a mode mm -hmm that I wanted to be in when I fought. Absolutely. So you gave me the uh, trigger, so to speak. It's a performance state. Right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, we worked for, we worked for a couple of months yep. and we uh, developed uh, physical and um, physical cues as well as uh, kind of sub subconscious, internal, internal cues, yeah. cues yeah. as well to be able to take myself from any state Absolutely. into uh, the state that I, you know, the ideal state for me to perform in or what I believe the ideal state for me to perform in. Yeah. And so when, so when I go to a competition, I uh, initiate this trigger and I hit these cues and then I become the person that is going to do the fight. And for some people that that's beneficial uh, because it gets you into this place that you want to be. So sometimes I used to go to a competition and one day I was, I was in the goddamn zone. You know, just one day I was in the zone and I went into a competition and I smashed everyone up. And then the next competition I go into, I'm too hyped up. Mm. I'm too excited. Mm -hmm. okay. I remember one of the first competitions I came into. You know, I go, go back like, ignore it for a sec. I go back to the very first competition I did or very few first couple of competitions I did. I was 14, 15 years old, competing in adult divisions. I was 55 kilos. I was absolutely expected to lose and therefore... I had absolutely no pressure and I wasn't nervous at all. Absolutely. I went out there, I played it like it was, you know, a sparring match and, and I had fun. And then I went and fought another tournament. I think it was like a ADCC uh, Nationals in the, at the time, uh, run by the EFN. And um, and I went the other way and I just tried to, I just tried to, I thought I was Vandalist Silver. I was mm. like 60 <laughs> kilos. 
It was ridiculous then. I was 60 kilos, skinny little kid, and I'd been watching too much Pride, and I thought yeah. I was Vandalay Silva, and, you know, I was fully ready to go out and get the head tattoo and everything. And wow. uh, <laughs> And uh, before the fight, I was, like, psyching myself up. I'm pretty sure I was doing the Vandalay wrist-rolling thing. And I remember, and uh, I, was, I was way too hyped up, and I got tunnel vision, proper tunnel vision. Like I oh, absolutely. I couldn't see shit around my peripherals at all. Yeah. I, ha- I couldn't hear anything. I had yeah. a ringing. Mm-hmm. It was the weirdest sensation. Yeah. I never got it since. Uh, I had a, like a ringing sensation. Mm-hmm. And I ran out there like I was ready to put my chin down and throw strikes and, and like got submitted really quickly. Yeah. Um, and then realized, okay, uh, that was way too much. So I'm going to try and bring it down a little bit. So the next thing I did, I started, uh, I went completely the other way and I really chilled out before I competed for the next year or so maybe mm-hmm. listen to classical music i was mm-hmm. real chill i come out mm-hmm. i'm not nervous i'm playing my game but it would take me five minutes to get into it mm-hmm. you know I, i'd have the i'd either lose the first fight or i'd do well mm-hmm. because I, it took me a long time to get into it so then fast forward to when i started working with you i didn't have to worry anymore i didn't have to worry about how i would get into the state that i wanted to perform in and i could get in there very easily mm-hmm. now this goes back to the nerves thing people ask me why i'm nervous and how this is connected to that I tell them I'm not, I'm not nervous because I'm not fighting. Mm. That's how I look at mm. it. I'm not fighting. Like mm. me, Daniel Strauss, that you see walking around and chatting to people and smiling mm. an hour before I, I'm competing at the British Open or Polaris or something like that. Uh, I'm not competing. And when they call my name and I start warming up and about five to 10 minutes or 10, 15 minutes before I fight, I get in the back seat and I invite uh, the Daniel Strauss who's going to compete and he takes the wheel and I sit in the back seat and I let him take care of things. And it's the confidence I have in my ability to, to bring that other person out. I really do view it like uh, two personalities. I do. I think that it's uh, when, you, when you are an intense competitor, um, you can't keep that intensity. All the, I don't want to be an intense guy all the time. I don't want to like me mug people just because I'm competing later on that day. I want to go to a tournament, usually coach my guys. I want to chat the people and have fun and take pictures and, and maybe eat some acai. I can normally compete in a weight division, <laughs> not what I'm in, so I can eat some acai. Uh, and then I can just chill out. And people are like, wow, this guy just doesn't seem like he's fighting because I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm calling someone else to fight. And, and that, that for me is the biggest thing that uh, working with you gave me is the confidence that I don't need to worry because when I need to, I can switch it on and then I'm ready to go. Absolutely, Dan. And, you know, you've just sort of uh, mentioned really what I was going to say was, you know, where I start with is identity. And I have the the, the fighter, uh, you know, the athlete I'm working with create this alter ego, this model, this map, this blueprint, uh, this perfect version of themselves who they then become you know who they they then become when when they fight you know that gives them permission to be a terrible horrible opponent yeah. you know because that's what I want pe- I, that's what I want you know when I'm working with you I want people to look at you and just and fear you yeah that's not the the sole reason but that's like the icing on the cake sure I think yeah. different people have different images of what they want to give out when they compete yeah and um yeah, you know, when I, when I compete, I come from a dark place. <laughs> you absolutely. Know? But I'm not, I'm not a dark person. And, but, um, absolutely. You know, so the, the thing but is, I want to be able to get there. So the thing is, is, you know, um, the, the mechanism, the, 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 this procedure, the process that I have is giving that person free license to become, you know, a, a, you, know a, you know, as whoever they need to be yeah. in order to get the, the W. 
yeah. you know, and that's really, for some people, they want to be more of a GSP kind of like sports. That's fine. Yeah. That's not my position. But, my, but um, you know, my... You're about getting them to wherever they need to be. Yeah. 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 My, my you know, I am like this very pompous and grandiose image I have in my head. It's sure. like there's a dragon that sleeps in the cave. Uh-huh. And my job is to slowly, you know, leave a trail of meat to bring that dragon out of the cave and into the sunlight and just like then snip the chain of it and just like let it go and wreak havoc on all the uh, the peasants, you know. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I mean, you know. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Never. Oh, no. Man. Yeah, of you're course, talking, yeah. You do. Yeah. You're talking yeah. about dragons. Yeah. They'll come yeah. out sometime. Yeah. We just need you there, man. Yeah. We need you there instead of Tyrion and just bring those dragons Yeah, out. no, I'm, I'm happy to. Yeah, I mean, you know, why <laughs> would you lock them up? This is such don't a waste lock, of resources. Don't lock the dragons up, man. So, uh, yeah. anyway, so yeah, so... Uh, um, so what sort of techniques do you... So the stuff that I did with you, it was uh, very specific stuff about um, creating the cues and practicing that. Absolutely. So you, you, don't, just, you don't just install software no. and then have it there for life when it comes to your no. body because it's very adaptive, right? Yeah. So in the same way that you don't go and do a bench press session and or you do a... Let's say you do a bench press program and you get your bench press up to 150 kilos and you go, I'm fucking strong. Mm. I can bench press mm. 150 kilos. Mm. I'm done for bench press now. I don't yeah. need to bench press anymore. Yeah. And I think people might take that same attitude with psychological training where, well, okay, I'm not nervous anymore. I don't have the... you know Whatever I've done to get not nervous... Is done now. Mm. I've uploaded that software and I don't have to worry about it. But in fact, no, we, we went over um, and practiced getting into that state over and over again. Uh, and I still do that. You know, I still use a lot of uh, those techniques to uh, prepare myself because, you know, for example, I'm injured or something. I take a long layoff. I don't want to have to, um, you know, pull the trigger and just smoke comes out and, and, <laughs> and no bang, you know. Yes, I'm uh, So... I still practice that. Now, some of the other techniques that we also used was a lot of visualization mm-hmm. stuff. And you're yeah. talking about the um, uh, imagery of your perfect version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And we're doing a lot of that where yeah. um, we're visualizing, I, I'm visualizing watching myself compete mm-hmm. in the best state that I wanted to compete. But let me just interject there, Dan. You're not watching Dan Strauss. You're watching that version exactly, of you. Yeah. you who you've given permission exactly, to, yeah. to win, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I use uh, a mixture, <clears throat> an absolute, uh, you know, amalgamation of is hypnosis. I use uh, stuff from sports psychology, some of the useful stuff, um, uh, stuff from NLP and stuff that I've sort of developed, you know, as a, as a sort of a hybrid of, of some of those yeah. other things and my own personal life experience from fighting. So, um, and, and that, that just, just to, to cut you right there, it's, I, I find this, and this is not just a thing with uh, sports psychologists or anything like that. I actively search out people who are going to be uh, what I would consider part of my team. Those may, it, not, not necessarily people who are going to stick with me and work with me every week or every day, but people who are going to be a part of my um, training and a part of my career and life, I guess. Mm. Um, I actively try and seek out people who have an experience in the field that I'm doing. Yeah. So for example... Uh, my strength and conditioning coach, Andrew Marshall, we had on last week, he has done Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So he understands, he has done, he has competed in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. He understands, He may, he's not a black belt, mm. but he understands all of the needs mm. of someone who does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. When I go and see a sports psychologist like yourself, I would only see one who has competed, mm. who does Jiu-Jitsu, mm-hmm. who understands everything. Mm-hmm. Because I don't care how, how good you are, um, you're never going to be able to get inside someone's mind unless you have some sort of connection mm. to how that person's going to work. And then the same with uh, physio and the same with massage. I get massage from people who 
do sport. I get try and get physio mm. from people who do mm. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mm. You know, that's I actively look out for that. Sometimes it's not always the case. When I had shoulder surgery, I had the choice of going to find someone who had done a bit of Jiu-Jitsu or I could go and see one of the best shoulder ser- uh, physios in the country mm. and I was obviously going to go and see her. But as a general rule, the people that I try and get involved mm. in, in my training are people who have a uh, are integrated into that. And, and the fact that you are in my opinion, is very important. And even more so, the fact that you've almost made that your niche. Mm. That because you've spent so much time in the fight game, mm. you're talking about karate champion, mm. Muay Thai champion, and a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu mm. purple belt who mm. trains almost daily, don't mm-hmm. you? you know? mm. And your yeah. kids train as well. You know, you're in that mm. world very much. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, find, I, I think that that's crucially important mm. to, 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 to who you work with. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it means that you're going to be be speaking the same language exactly yeah and and not only that but you know um it means that any clients that i work with i i've got immediate buy in from them you know they they're, they're going to go okay i'm not just some sort of like lab geek or whatever you know i'm somebody who's, yeah you're 6 foot you you're know, 6 foot 425 I, I, I know <laughs> I, I know what it's like to get punched in the face yeah, absolutely. And, and to go home crying you know well you, you know, know what it's like to kick through someone's leg as well so well there's, there's that <laughs> oh you want to kick through someone's leg yeah i've done that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you come to the right guy yeah yeah sadly that was my um and you know yeah, you never want to hurt a guy do you the, the, <laughs> okay let's put it this way i can't answer that without I'll sounding take, a I'll dick what, well look, look 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 this is the beauty of the, of, of the podcast no one's gonna tell us my alter ego does yeah, well this is the thing so um i don't want to cause any harm to my opponent but that's me talking right now not the yeah, person who i'm yeah. going to bring into the front seat when i'm for sure when, when when i'm doing that competition i'm going in there with very bad intention but then the second that's over yeah. uh if i did hurt someone yeah. I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling um, bad about it because what, the other guy's just done one that. way of looking at it is by going there going in to the ring on the mats or wherever uh, to be as effective as you can in order to uh, finish the fight as soon as possible and therefore do yeah. the, the least amount of long term damage sure to the, to well the I think for, with striking it's a little bit different um, you, you there there is no way of you winning a striking contest without hitting the guy you know without hitting a guy is causing damage even if he's not concussed even if he doesn't have long term punching a guy in the face once is damage kicking a guy as hard as you can in the head once is damage and you've got to do it a lot of times to win the fight in jiu-jitsu you don't have to hurt a guy you can win on points you don't even have to go for a submission Uh, you know goddamn fucking ADCC this year Uh, some guys were winning um, divisions without scoring any points or some ridiculous shit like that mm. a lot of people winning fights on decisions and shit like that yeah. uh, so you don't really have the hurt guy whereas in a tie boxing match that's not really up to you yeah. so I guess there's a little bit of a, a difference there um, with tie boxing mm. you cannot go in not wanting to do some damage because then you might as well just go home and not be yeah. here yeah. Uh, but with jiu-jitsu there are some people who will go in uh, with not bad intention and then there are some people who do go in with bad intention uh, I go in uh, to like you said to finish the fight yeah. as quickly and as efficiently yeah, and aggressively as possible yeah. but afterwards you know uh, I'm, I'm not looking to well you uh, know the thing is what, leave anything you know, you know you're saying as aggressively as possible that, that aggression is something that, that is going to enhance your efficiency yeah because it, it's, it's well, de- well again that, that's one of the things it depends yeah. you know there, there's a, a spectrum of aggression and at one level you're not going to have enough aggression and the other level you're going to have too much exactly, aggression yeah. it's about finding the balance and finding the balance yeah. for the individual person as well absolutely yeah um, so what advice would you have 
to a regular person, we're not talking, you know, like you said, you, you work with elite athletes, but you also work with um, sportsmen of mm. of any level. Yeah. Let's assume that a guy can't come and find you mm -hmm. and, you know, if you do want to come and find Alan, mm -hmm. you're on Facebook, you yep. search a fighter's mind on Facebook. Yeah, for sure, yeah. And kind of that's how everyone yeah. does everything these yeah. days, isn't it? Um, and, uh, or you can email me and I'll, I'll, I'll post your number onto you or whatever. Uh, but if they can't, they don't have access to someone, what are the sort of techniques and uh, tips or advice that you would give to someone without the ability to work hands-on with them, so to speak? Cool. So so if it's if it's somebody that is going to compete, the first thing I would say is, number one question is, well, what do you actually want? You know, some people will just go, I want to compete. Good, great. Turn up, pay £10, and then you can go home. Then you're still competing, you know, get on the mat, and then, but you're not. So I will try and get some degree of focus of, you know, well, uh, you know, what do you want to have happen? You know, well, I want, I want to win the fight. You know, okay, oh, cool. Ideally, in an ideal world where everything went your way, which is, of course, not the real world, but, you know, how would you like to win? Oh, I'd love to win by knockout. Oh, okay, cool. So I'll start with the, uh, with the end in mind and start reverse engineering that. Sure. So, so the next thing I'll say after that is, okay, right, now you know what you want, who do you have to be that absolutely can get that, can do that? You know, is that, who is that person? Mm. And then I, so then I'll, I'll work, you know, from, you know, my three magic words are be, do, get, you know, uh, and I'll think, well, okay, once you know what you want, then who do you have to be that automatically trains in that fashion that ultimately will lead to that outcome of you winning um so then that's when you know i'll bring in that sort of like visualizing the you know the um you know that perfect version of yourself yeah. you know that winning version of yourself and then then start to develop things from there um and then you know second to that it's about getting the discipline of visualizing yourself um and if you think about <clears throat> in very broad brushstrokes of how we learn you know when you go to when when, when i go to class <clears throat> i'll see nick or you demonstrating a technique and then I'll do the technique. So it's like monkey see, monkey do yeah. in, in very broad terms. Yeah. So I see you doing the technique, you'll explain it, you'll say, I'll oh, put your arm here and do da da da. Uh, and I'll go, that's ridiculous, that can't work. And I'm like, oh my God, it actually worked. <laughs> um, so it's about watching and then doing. Yeah. And that's really the structure that I use for, uh, for sort of implementing visualization in very, very general terms. So you'll see that perfect version of yourself, <clears throat> have that fight, always against an opponent who is the the most fearsome and sure. worst version yeah, yeah, of yeah. yourself. Yeah. Not some sort of crash test dummy, otherwise you're in for some real shocks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're going to see yourself have that fight, but it doesn't matter because you're the winner of that fight. Sure. So you're going into that fight knowing that you're the winner of that fight. And so it's just a matter of, of, you know, like, um, having the fight and certainly applying yourself and asserting yourself, but ultimately the outcome is where you see yourself with your hand up in the air again and again and again, and then you're going to visualize that and then you're going to embody that. So you, because the thing is, it's like, you have to go, okay, well, okay. So this version of myself, you know, well, how's that going to feel? Cause if you don't practice how it's going to feel, how, you know, how are you going to know that you're in the right state? Mm. So it's about, it's about seeing, visualizing that and and uh, embodying that and and then practicing that again and again. And that's that's 
the first part. The second part is working on that performance state. So when you are in that, when you do that kind of like visualization where you end up, where you're embodying that, you've seen yourself win and you're bringing that winning version of into yourself. That's when it's about capturing that state by creating cues, saying a certain word, doing a certain gesture with your hand, a unique gesture. Um, that's going to allow you to sort of glue that state to those to that stimulus the stimulus being you know the gesture the word you know the way that you're holding your your posture that kind of thing um and then repeating rinse repeat rinse repeat because it's about conditioning if i said to you dan what's your favorite technique uh let's go with guillotine yeah guillotine okay tell me the first time you ever did a guillotine fuck knows man long time ago long time ago what, what what do you think that guillotine was like the very first time you did a guillotine dog shit it was probably dog shit oh yeah no so, doubt so no, no one comes in with a perfect technique for anything right so so how many times have you have you, have you practiced a guillotine many times tens of thousands maybe yeah so the thing is don't expect you know your mind to be any different from the rest of your yeah, well, system this is what I was saying earlier you know you don't just get to do it once and then have it built in you have to practice it like everything like the same way you have to practice your squat form and your bench form and your guillotine form and your guard passing form and you're becoming the uh, embodying that person that you want to be psychologically and visualization wise absolutely and you know the other thing is it because uh, obviously you know thinking about oh what am I going to say with Dan and stuff and for different fighters their needs are different so if you've got a young fighter I don't mean young in years but young as in it's his first or second fight or whatever um, inexperienced inexperienced right. wise yeah, yeah then they're going to, you're going to, I'm going to have to uh, use aggression much more than I would with someone like you, where you're a seasoned pro. If you watch a UFC, main UFC fighters or, you know, watch ADCC, whatever it is, you know, high level, they don't come out, most of them don't come out, you know, pumped up like sort of um, psychopaths, you know, yeah, maybe well, one I or think, two does. Well, uh, the UFC is a really good uh, example of that because... A lot of a lot of guys do, but they're always the guys who are lower in the pecking order in the UFC. This is exactly the top ranked guys don't do this that. This is exactly well, they what they tend I'm not saying. to do that. As yeah. a general pattern, they come, tend to come in a lot more relaxed, and the 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 up and coming, hungry, less experienced guys are coming in looking a lot more psyched up. Yeah, yeah for sure. So so I will then uh, sort of what I deliver to that person, the work I'll do with that person will be, you know, specific to that person. I don't need to get you you know, super pumped up and super aggressive. I think, you know, this might sort of go and ransack a village or something if I did that. <laughs> you know, there'd be a bad times for people. So um so then I'll sort of like I'll custom and, and tailor what I do with people. Um so they get their outcome. Um it was very important for me that people get their outcome and that they they're like in own their own they own what happens to yeah. them, you know. So um the only other thing I was gonna say that again which is on my mind is is so many fighters, and I wish, guys, if you are listening, if you compete on the mats, in a ring, in a cage, whatever, please, when you, for me, people don't um, make the most of their losses. Yeah. A loss is the best thing that can happen to your, potentially the best thing that can happen to your um, progression and your enhancement. Is that from a technical perspective, or is that from a taking the loss and building from, psych psychologically? From an everything perspective. Sure. Because it gives you the window of opportunity to, to analyse. Look, you go into a competition, Dan, and you win. Like, yeah, great. Something I did won. Yeah, I go out and I go out and I celebrate and I probably drink too much and, and I Smoke don't really a cigar, think Yeah, yeah exactly. Smoke <laughs> a cigar and I don't really think much uh, yeah. about it after that. Yeah, absolutely. But but so so as a result of that that win, 
your progression, you get a beautiful chunk of metal, but your progression, you know, is you might grow psychologically from a confidence perspective. Um, not that you really need to in that area, but but you're not going to grow as much as having this wind golden opportunity. Please God that somebody's filmed it and then you can analyze it. Okay, what was my, you know, what was my gas tank like? What was my... Um, you know my my solo psycho, psychology like what was my performance state like you know what was my defense like what was my and you can analyze all of those factors and then uh then you can use using the sort of the techniques that i use go back and go let's imagine that we're fixing those factors and go and refight that fight um but as i should have done it when that guy, you know, kept doing that clubbing overhand right or whatever. So it you is. would you would replay the same fight uh, with psychological, you know, visualize improvements yeah. and how you'd overcome that, yeah. and then become that person who now has the ability to win that fight. Absolutely, That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, it comes it come, kind of the whole that expression: you either win or you learn. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I know that's cheesy, but I really do stand by that. But oh yeah, it's a hundred percent. Not I, everyone does it. You yeah. have it's a window of opportunity. You, you need you. You don't just lose and then suddenly become better because of it. You have no. the work. This is the whole, you're not getting anything for free. You do not become no. better without doing something. And if you go to a competition and you lose and then you go home and you go, ah, oh, I fucked up, fuck it. I'll, I'll, I'll do better next time. Then you've learned nothing. Well, you're not a serious competitor. Yeah, exactly. You go home and you go, okay, you know, the guy passed my guard this way. I was putting my hand in this position. I wasn't beating into the grips and mm. everything like that. Then, and, and you know, a lot of people, um, the guys that I know who go to the competition, uh, serious competitors that train at my gym, go to the competition and they, um, something happens and they lose a competition and then they come back and we work on it. Mm. I have guys who I do privates with who they come in and go down. I fought on the weekend. I did this, this happened here. Let's make sure it never happens again. And that's the sort of work technically. And then you have to do the same thing uh, psychologically, be it um, fixing your performance state or fixing technically your visualization stuff and what a you're actually doing. Absolutely. Because, you know, the other thing that you've got to remember is that, that we all hold beliefs about ourselves. And, you know, it's, you know, if you've come off a loss and, you know, and you haven't done anything to kind of like counteract that kind of loss, then what kind of, what kind of shit are you talking to yourself? You know, is that going to be, for some, it's going to be like, oh, well, I'm not going to let that happen again. You know, for some, it's going to be, oh, I hope that doesn't happen again. Yeah, or, or that, that if some, some guys whose ego is really uh, high, they'll go, oh, it was a fluke. Yeah. You know, that, 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 I don't even have to work on it. That was a one-off that won't happen mm. again. Mm. How many times does that one-off need to happen before you realize yeah, that maybe yeah, it's yeah. not a one-off? Yeah, something's, something's broken here. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there is, I think that's an incredibly important um, you know, element that's so, so often overlooked. That's some really cool advice. Um, yeah, really yeah. cool. So. Um, so let's keep on that subject with the visualization. Now, visualization is a really, really interesting subject, which I was working a little bit before I was working with you, uh, not from a performance state uh, aspect like we were, but purely from a technique development aspect. Mm -hmm. Visualizing yourself doing techniques when you don't have the ability to do them, I think is really, really useful. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I th there's been studies. <clears throat> there's been studies with uh, people doing weights. Three control groups. One group doing weights. One group not doing anything. And one group visualizing, yeah. going through, I think it was a guided visualization yeah. of them doing a workout. Yeah. And these people are getting stronger. Yeah. Which oh. is fucking crazy. And mm -hmm. that's to do with the... Uh, <clears throat> 
That's to do with the central nervous system and the neurons and receptors not really being aware yeah. uh, uh, neurologically mm. whether you are visualizing something very well or whether you are physically doing that. Look, you know, that is mind-blowing. But but it's mind-blowing. But when you think about it, it's not. Because our brains, our brains are only... Uh, we can only think in terms of uh, our, our senses. So what I'm trying to say is, um, you know, our brain has a visual input. It has a, um, a kinesthetic, a touch, a, a, sen yeah. a sense of touch input. It has a smell input. You know, and we have all these inputs. We can only think in terms of those. And so... Oh, yeah, to, there's, there's way more shit out there. Yeah, yeah. To, to, to some extent, you know, as long as we're doing, we're closing our eyes or whatever it is we're doing, and we're cre recreating that... You know, as long as we're doing a really vivid kind of so you yeah, so you can mentally put in those inputs. So it's so, mental rehearsal. Yeah, absolutely. So like when we when we're doing the uh, visualization of me competing, you don't. A lot of people would just visualize themselves doing an armbar or visualize themselves hmm. to. No, you you you. It's the smell. Like, what does it smell like? Absolutely. What, 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 what's the crowd, the, the noise that the crowd's making? Yeah. You know, how bright is the light in one direction? Or how hot is it when you're on that stage? And what does the mat feel like under your feet? And stuff like and that. So, so, so things like, you know, you know, if you're in sort of S-mount and you've, you've gathered, you know, you've, you've gathered the person's arm, you know, what's the amount of pressure that you need to have there before you, you know, lean forward? And feel that your 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 left leg, if you're kind of standing, is is light enough for it to swing over yeah. their head, pinch your knees, and then come back. You know, it's that level. Do you of know how I think detail. about it. It's like uh, it's like CGI over the years. You know, absolutely. You have like oh, yeah. <laughs> you know really really bad uh, doom like, like blocky. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something like that. You know, you've got really blocky, really. Uh, just basic mm. and uh, you know not very intricate yeah. uh, visualization if you want to put it, yeah. and then you can refine that to suddenly you know you've got the next gen stuff now the yeah. 4K you know I don't know I think it's more I think they've moved up to is it 5K or 8K we'll get we'll they'll keep on going K but but until. you know the thing is it, that's absolutely right uh, now one thing I would say is you know if most of us visualize all the time, but it's on the on the edge of our, it's on the sort of periphery of our consciousness. You have to bring it right into the center, so you're focusing on that. And some people will go, yeah, exactly. And some people go, oh, I'm not good at visualizing. Really? Okay. Ever had a dream? Yeah. Ever had a realistic dream? Yeah. Yeah, you. Do you can. remember when you were thinking about that girl that you saw? On yeah, the you know when. Yeah. yeah, and she was or guy or guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or um, yeah. Was, was or both. Like, yeah. Do you see the thing about the guy that dresses up as a puppy the other week? Oh, he dressed man. up in a latex suit as a puppy, <laughs> and it's <laughs> what is? That? I don't know. Anyway, free love and all. He'll that. be having some interesting visualizations. So, so for it's sure. it, the one. Th my point is that you can get better at this stuff. Yeah. You know, when you work with when I work with people and hypnotize them for the first time, you know, and sometimes they might not, you know, they might sort of like go, well, I could hear everything you were saying. I'm like, how do you think hypnosis works? If you can't hear what I'm saying. Well, yeah. Then it's so, like, so, so you can get better over time. With absolutely. With visualization yeah. as well. Well, let's let's, you know, segue. That's perfectly. You're doing my job for me here. Uh, segue into the hypnosis stuff. So yeah. uh, this is a very polarizing subject. It's a very controversial subject because of the image that hypnosis has where you're going to come in dressed in, you know, ridiculous clothes <laughs> it, like a wizard. Pocket and you're going to pull out yeah, a pocket yeah, watch, yeah, yeah. wave it in front of my face and then make me, uh, yeah. you know, dress up as in a latex dog or whatever. Yeah. Um, That's such a and, good idea. Uh, <laughs> so, a latex ape, maybe. Yeah. yeah, mate, that could be the next thing. Yeah. I could get on Channel 4 with that shit. Yeah, 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 for sure. Again? Uh, yeah. yeah, just don't let any kids fall into my uh, enclosure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, 
the hypnosis stuff. So you've done hypnosis with me. I consider myself a pretty open-minded guy. Yeah. Uh, there's no point even me uh, going to see you if uh, you were going to say, okay, let's do a little bit of hypnosis stuff. And I was going to go, this shit ain't going to work. So, if I, so hypnosis is not about clicking your fingers and knocking someone out. And uh, when they wake up, they're giving you their bank details and you've gone and robbed them. It's about putting someone in a, uh, and this is, this is kind of how I view it. It's putting someone in a more receptive state. Rela- and, and, and all it was when you hypnotize me, uh, you make me feel very, you know, we lie down. I feel very relaxed. Um, I'm fully in control of what I can do. I'm fully aware of what I can do. You do a couple the compliance tests and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you work out whether the person's really relaxed and they yeah, are kind yeah, of fucking sure, yeah. freaky, man. You know, if you if, if anyone has a chance to get, you know, this kind of with everything, uh, if you don't believe it, go have it. Go, go, go try it. You know, go find someone. And, and there are plenty of hypnosis who do private work, you don't just have to go to a show or some shit like that and hope that Darren Brown picks you out of the crowd or something. <laughs> if you don't believe in hypnosis, go and see someone. And if you go in there trying to prove them wrong, you probably will. Yeah, absolutely. But if you go in there with an open mind, you will be surprised of some of the interesting things that yeah. you didn't realize that your mind could have that sort of control over your body. And this is the whole thing. The mind is so, so goddamn powerful yeah. where people can get ill because they think they're ill. People can get better because they think they're better. The placebo and the placebo and the hypnosis is just putting someone, you know, for me, was putting someone in a relaxed state so they could, uh, you know, be a little bit more open to stuff, basically. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, I don't have the research, but, you know, the, I remember uh, reading that, you know, there was, they managed to bring about sunburn by uh, hypnotizing somebody that they were in the sun for so long uh, and the skin was reacting in exactly the same way as it would if you were in the sun for three hours so people will be hearing that and they are there are people listening right now hearing that and going that is bullshit but i tell you what i was looking at something the other i fucking be, i believe yeah, it yeah, yeah i believe it 100 percent. it you know you you the guys who think that's bullshit have no idea how powerful the mind is i was um watching something the other day i think uh, a documentary and it was about um uh, personality disorders and mm. split personality mm. uh, you know really detached oh, uh, absolutely yeah. and uh one personality yeah in the same person can have a allergic reaction to stuff yeah and the other person not yeah and when that person is in is uh in that you know whatever side of you know whichever personality has the allergic yeah. reaction you rub so and so on their skin and a rash comes up the no person doubt. is in the other yeah. uh, state, and you rub it on their skin, and nothing. Yeah, it's un. But that's like I, you know, I, 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 I buy it a hundred percent. There's like placebo. Said, there's no SIBO. You know, these are all things. These that, are proven things. Yeah, the, proven the, things. So, 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 yeah. Um, you know, the thing is, is hypnosis has got a bad rep. You know, because there's some creepy people that do hypnosis. I mean, I'm probably about. I'm odd, but I wouldn't say I'm creepy. Hopefully, um, you know, but. But I mean, you know, they're you know, I, I know the hypnosis community, and and some of them are so. Are those guys who got into it because of that? It's a power fantastical trip, yeah. view of they're going to wait, you know, they're going to be able to click their fingers yeah. in terms of yeah, that kind of thing. And you know, I've I've worked they're using with, their power for bad, I mean, Alan. You know, it's exactly. the dark side, isn't it? Well, uh, you know, I'm all about the dark side, but it's about using the dark side. Um, you know, so the thing is, I mean, you know, I've done I've done indu- inductions with people where I've clicked my fingers and said sleep. Yeah. 
and um, snap inductions, right? That's yeah, 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 rapid inductions, yeah, yeah. yeah, or instant inductions, yeah. whatever you want to call it. But you know, they're, they're, they're party pieces. Yeah. If somebody's c- coming to me for you know, because obviously I see people therapeutically as yeah. well. Yeah. If somebody's gonna you know, or a fighter that's ner- got nerves, you know, or uh, I'm working with somebody that's anxiety. What, what's the I, point? And I'm gonna go sleep. And they're gonna, <laughs> you know, what kind of rapport am I gonna have? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So you know, um, re- relaxation is is a really useful thing. Uh, one of the things that I'll do is, I mean, because there are two schools of hypnosis. Pretty, oh, there's probably more. Probably some sort of hypnosis dick is going to say, "Oh no, now there is." Yeah. But you know, you've got authoritarian and you've you've got sort of like permissive. So sure. so permissive would be saying something like, um, you know, and you can go into a trance, you know, as long as you like. It, it can take you one minute or five minutes. It's sure. up to you. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's like the illusion of choice, whereas an authoritarian will go sleep. You will, you know, and, and, and that doesn't work on as many people because it, it, it some it depends. It depends. Some people want uh, some people not necessarily consciously want, but some people um, respond better to an authoritarian figure. Yeah. That's more of an old timey way sure, of doing things. Sure, yeah. Nowadays, you know, a more of a permissive approach is it is more useful. Well, especially if you're doing it for, uh, to, you know, specifically to help someone. Yeah. You know, yeah. Th- and you know, the, you know, the thing is, is, you know, one of, one of the thing, one of, one of the ways I'll, I'll help people into hypnosis or trance or whatever you want to call it is, you know, I'll just bore the Jesus out of them. I'll bore them senseless and just have my monotonous droning voice wandering and roaming. It. And I start to go into a state and because <laughs> I'm in a state that leads you into a state sure. as well. Um, you know, because they're guiding kind of, someone down that road with you, exactly. Opposed to pushing down them down the dark hole. alley. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so and it is a really, um, it is a really cool thing, and it's a really, really, really powerful thing. Not everyone wants it. Um, sometimes I won't do formal hypnosis, like say the stuff that we did with you. I'd have done some, like you know, I suppose sports psychology slash NLP type visualization mental rehearsal, and I can see, I can tell by um, some of the. Uh, you know, the, um, the non-verbal triggers that you're giving me, like a little twitch, you mm. know, the eye movement that you're going there. So I'm going to just, uh, you know, I'm going to ambush, I'm going to hijack that state yeah. and then send you into hypnosis. Because why am I going to go, oh, wake up. Oh, we're going to do some hypnosis now. Sure. I'm yeah, too lazy yeah, yeah, for that yeah, shit. Yeah. You know, I want to like, go, okay. oh, oh, I'm losing you. Let's go then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Let's it, go there, yeah. You know, so, you know, it's like, if you if you, if you you had one, you know, you had 90% of some submission, why would you go, oh no, that's not the submission I want. Hang so can we reset? Because I want to do a triangle instead. You know? Yeah, if I've got no. your arm, I'm taking your arm. I don't care. So it's about efficiency. Yeah, about absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so sometimes I'll do that. But it but it is something that, you know, people should sort of explore. It's It's a... You know, it's it's an alternative state. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's it's definitely something that is worth exploring. Yeah, like you know? guys, if you if you are skeptical about that, give it a go. It's so cool, it's so interesting, you will you will be so much more uh, aware from first hand experience how powerful your mind is. Mm. Um, but yeah, keep an open mind guys. Mm. Um, so what I wanted to talk about quickly, kind of uh, kind of a separate subject I guess but definitely separate from hypnosis is I got a question the other day um, through the email which is a nice plug to if you guys do have a question you want to send me an email it's at it's the the raspberry podcast at the raspberry podcast at gmail.com yeah that's it 
God damn it. That's the Raspberry 8 podcast at gmail.com. I was trying to work out where the at goes. Yeah, it goes before the Gmail thing. Um, You're looking at me like I know the answer. I know. I I knew it was Gmail. That was all I knew. That's what you had me. Once I got to the at, you had me from there. Uh, And I got a question from a guy called uh, Vince Sutton. Thanks for shooting me a message. And he was talking about the camaraderie of people at jiu-jitsu tournaments with each other. Mm -hmm. So you go to a lot of jiu-jitsu tournaments, they are sitting down, normally in the bullpen or in the warm-up area, chatting to the guy that they're about to throw down with. Mm -hmm. Um, What's the deal? Is it good? Is it bad? Um, You know, and and I'd love to hear everyone else's opinion on that. Um, I'm sure that there will be people who are going to mean mug every person. Um, They'll normally be wearing a tap-out vest. And... (laughs) uh, (laughs) And they've got their mouth guard in and, they, and they've been told to take their box out because they're not allowed it in the jiu-jitsu tournament. Uh, I'm not talking about any, anyone in particular, but 10 years doing jiu-jitsu, you see a lot of similarities in people. And they'll be the people me mugging each other. Uh, but is it good to uh, have some uh, coldness towards your fellow competitor? I think in, in one way I want to go, don't talk to that guy. You're going to fight him. You know, take this seriously. But the other time I go, that's like the coolest fucking thing about jiu-jitsu. I love the fact that you can go to a tournament, chat to a guy beforehand, step on the mat, go 100%, try and rip each other's legs mm. off, necks off, arms mm. off, yeah. fucking fingers off, yeah. and then get off the mat and go have a beer with them afterwards. So, you know... One, Just what's your take on it? Well, okay, so firstly, it depends what kind of person you are and yeah, what, that's, what, that's, what you respond to. That's what to. I'm thinking as well, yeah. I, I've worked with... I, I always remember there was... Um, uh, I saw uh, an MMA... He was an English MMA fighter and he did something very, very interesting. As soon as he got into the cage, he did a lap of honour and he put his hand out and slapped, high-fived his opponent who was about to fight. And if you think about what he did there, he got into his area, he claimed the area, and he he um, uh, de-weaponized, he, he, he lowered the guard. Yeah. Because if I... I'm going to lean across and I'm going to shake hands with you. Yeah. Now, we have a bond that's a little bit stronger. Whether yeah. you recognize it consciously or subconsciously, not. Subconsciously, yeah. Subconsciously, I'm like, oh, he's not that bad guy. He's not my hand. This is why I'm just, so I I've can got my eye on you the entire time, man. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to work out how you're trying to beat <laughs> yeah. me. So, uh, so so, the thing is, is, you know, uh, that was a very, that was a very uh, clever thing to do, whether he's doing it consciously or not. So it kind of, I know, I know other MMA fighters that, they won't touch gloves before. Yeah. And, but afterwards, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because that's what works for them. And then them. you have Ronda Rousey, just don't want to touch, touch gloves yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and, that, and, that, and that, you know, you know, to some extent, you know, to a great extent, that works for her. Yeah. But after, she's probably going to be okay unless she's, you know, unless somebody else is, you know, is going to be, you know, that kind of person. But I'm not sure so, how, okay, how okay she was after her last fight. No, yeah. well, yeah, there is that, yeah. <laughs> but um, So it depends, it depends on the person. But if we, if I refer you back to something that you've said, yeah. you know, which it's like it doesn't you can be whoever you need to be with that person in chats and stuff because when you fight you know competitively to to be peak performance you know it's it's effectively certainly the way i where i come from it's it's not it's not the mild mannered guy it's not the version of me who picks up and swings my baby and kisses my daughter good night i love you so much sweetie you know and all the rest of it is somebody like you know it's like you're like channeling another entity person you yeah. know that kind of thing which gives you permission to you know it's like that saying you know leave it all on the mats you know that kind of thing well i think that might be the answer which is um if you want to make friends at tournaments and there are lots of people who do there are guys who go to tournaments 
who fight that you know especially small divisions mm. um in the uh, normally in the masters category mm. these guys are fighting the same guys over mm. and over again it's like oh you got me the last two times yeah. i yeah. got you There's the time before that, that. Up, yeah. absolutely and i think it would be really a shame to lose some of that it's one of the best things about jiu-jitsu that, yeah. that brotherhood um absolutely uh it would be a shame to lose that but you know just you can you can uh attacking someone on the mat and being friends with them beforehand are not mutually exclusive. Exactly. You can be friends with the guy, mm. and then when you step on the mat, you can become that other person. Yeah. And then you can attack that guy, and then you step back off the mat, and you become the guy and who's go and have a drink and you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think I think that's the the correct way of, of looking at it. And uh, the stuff we were talking about earlier about getting ourselves, you know, getting into that state, kind of plays into that perfectly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's 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 definitely possible. I've you know I've done it with many people. Um, you know, the only thing is, is you, you've got to be open that 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 way of being and that way of behaving is even possible. Yeah. Um, for some know. for some people, they will not be able to uh, transition from friendly to unfriendly, if that's what you want to call it, you that get fast. Some, yeah. some guys are going to want to me mug the entire time. And some guys are super chilled during the fight. You know, mm. they, they're friendly mm. during the fight. I've seen mm. uh, there was that MMA fight at one time. Uh, I think it was a low level uh uh, pro MMA or amateur MMA and the guy's just outclassing him I'm not sure if you saw it it's a very very cool video right. um, they're striking and this dude is outclassing this guy just yeah. beating the shit out of him yeah. but the guy who's getting the shit kicked out of him he's a tough motherfucker yeah. he's not going down and after a couple of rounds the guy who's just absolutely destroying him he just takes one knee and taps out Yeah, and he goes you know what we're not getting paid enough for us to be absolutely. smacking the shit out of each other yeah. And uh, gave him the victory. Yeah, you know and that, that 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 that's a guy who is high. You know, he was a good. That's was a good Budo fight. Right there, you know, that that, that was that was something that you don't see very often. No, that's very no. much on the extreme yeah. uh, scale of things. Uh, but that's a guy who was obviously chill before mm. he fought, yeah. chill afterwards, yeah. and chill during the fight. You know, one of the things that I would say is <clears throat> uh, a thrust of uh, my work at the moment is, is very much about conservation of energy because if you are going to mean mug, mug people you're going to you're going to be in that brittle tensed state yeah. what are you doing you're you're introducing cortisol into yeah. your into your system yeah. well cortisol is going to cause tension it's going to stress and you, you people don't perform at high levels you know if they've got that cortisol you want you want to be as relaxed as you possibly can well this is what i was talking about with the kind of dual personality thing yeah which exactly is, yeah i'm not i'm not fighting this other guy's fighting so yeah. i'm gonna chill out and i'm gonna have fun and because if if that guy was in me the entire time i'm just gonna be he'd be uh, a dick to be around wouldn't well, he uh, yeah I, i'd hate to be around myself yeah and and, yeah. and i wouldn't be able to make friends and i wouldn't be able to smile and enjoy yeah. myself and yeah, i think exactly. that's it's really really important to be able to differentiate yourself so you're not a you're not chilled all the time you don't have to be chilled all the time and b you don't have the to be a dick all the so time. So my question to you, Dan, is like Batman and Superman. Yeah. Right? So and you're who, a massive, you're a massive comic book fan. Oh yeah, for you're sure. You're DC all the way, right? I, I you're not, I, you're not a DC purist. I know. I grew up with Marvel, but you know, like you know, since I've matured. In, in, interestingly enough, yeah. Uh, my I son know. Bruce got me into DC. I'm like Bruce, yeah, Bruce. Yeah. You hear that? Yeah. Um, so, um, so my question to you is, who's the real person? So Batman and Bruce Wayne yep. and Clark Kent and Superman. Uh-huh. Out of those two entities, you know, who, who is the real person? So who's the person walking around? Who is the, you know, that, who is the real core, the authentic version? 
I'm wondering if your answer is going to be the same as mine. It's, it's a tough question, isn't it? Um, it's, it? It's that whole sort of thing that uh, Bruce Wayne becomes Batman, but Superman is always Superman, isn't it? Right. It was that. So, yeah, yeah, go on. So, so I guess for me, it's like Superman is effectively the kind farm boy that actually is forced into this mantle of greatness. Yeah. You know, that, you know, he's, although he's got the suit and the, and the red, he doesn't want to be there in a way. There's a sort of a reluctance there. Whereas, 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 whereas Batman, when he's being Bruce Wayne, yeah, he, he's at the core of him. He's Batman. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. In, in a fancy suit, you know, you know what I mean? Whereas, uh, you know, that's like, you know, it's like, um, Batman calls uh, Superman the Boy Scout. Yeah. You know, because that's at the core of him. You know, that's who he is. Yeah. But Bruce, so, Bruce Wayne is Batman and Bruce Wayne is the mask. Yeah. Bruce opposed, Wayne is the mask. Opposed to... Of, of, the, of the true self. So yeah, Whereas it, with uh, Clark Kent, I, even though he is Superman and he poses Clark Kent, just Clark Kent is to, kind of who he who he really wishes yeah, he he's was. Yeah, like he's like a little farm boy. Sure, you know, so he sure. just happens to be, you know, like... Uh, over-radiated with the, the sun's rays and stuff like that. So, you know, my, my point is really, you know, like, you know, work on creating this sort of like the this alternative version of you. It can be as outrageous, as 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 fearful and terrible as you want it to be, mm. but just keep it within the confines of when you compete, yeah. if you want to do. It doesn't have to be. It could be someone who's just like super technical or this or that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like you've got a lump of clay, how do you want it to come out? You know, and you just create it yourself. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that's that's the thing. You can it can be anything you want. It doesn't have to be a guy who's super aggressive. It can be a guy who is super technical. You know, so so I have a uh, separate uh, performance cue that I use in training. Yeah, I have one in training that I um, it's a physical cue mm-hmm. uh, that I use in training when I believe that I'm getting um, too. Um, untechnical and mm-hmm. using too much power mm-hmm. and using too much strength yeah. when I'm starting to get worked up a little bit yeah, absolutely. I hit this performance cue and I calm down mm-hmm. uh, immediately mm-hmm. and I it's it's to try and put me in a state that's more technical and more relaxed absolutely uh, and it's very different to the state that I use before I compete which is mm-hmm. to put me in a uh, you know to, to be frank the most ferocious yeah. um, state that I can possibly be yeah. you know it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a dark place whereas the other one so, so that's the whole thing you know even even me I can go into different, I have multiple masks I can put on and multiple different yeah. people who can take the wheel for different scenarios. And, and you know, the thing to remember is, you know, for people that haven't sort of thought about, you know, exploring these areas, it is the idea that try something, road test it, not just once, a few times. If it doesn't work for you, change you it. You can adapt Simple. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, adapt it. Try doing exactly the opposite. Try doing halfway in between and, and just play with things, you know, and be, you know, be... I mean, you know, you know, like some in jujitsu, you know, some moves just kind of like, there's like, oh my God, what if I do this and do this? I can kind of, I can create a new move. Mm. I'm not at that level yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like still trying to master posture. But, you know, the thing is, is, is that kind of willingness to explore and play is a really important thing, I think, especially when you're in your training and your progression. Absolutely. Yeah. When you're starting off even more so, by the time mm. you get to uh, an elite level, if you do ever get there, mm. you're probably going to have it sorted out already. Yeah. So, um, have you ever competed in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? I've had a, I've had a couple of uh, yeah, competitions. You, yeah, yeah, you had a few. Yeah, you haven't competed for a little while, no. No, so no. You could, so, are you t- in- intending to compete at all? I, I, yeah, I'm, I might sort of do a, do a British, you know. In, but in, you kind of train for the enjoyment, and you train so you can keep on beating Bruce up, you know, yeah, when, yeah. when he gets to your size. Yeah, and yeah. You're I be mean, for me, um, I'm, I see myself as a martial artist. Yeah, and and, and well, a guy's been. Uh, 
in the martial arts game in multiple different styles for as long as you have, I think you'd be very hard pressed yeah, to deny yeah, yeah. you I guess, that yeah. accolade. Yeah. So for me, um, I, um, for me, like, you know, when I train at Mill Hill, you know, there are some good guys there, yep. you know, and so from my perspective, if I can hang out with those guys, if I can like give them a really difficult time, yeah. Where I am right now, being 46 and I've done my competing, you know, in my tie box and stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. You know, I'm good with that. And, you know, you know, I might sort of, uh, you know, go and do a British or something, mm. you know, at some point. But it's... Every once in a while you just get the bug. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's getting, you're a competitor, man. That's one thing. You're a competitor. You know, the thing just is... Just because you don't compete doesn't mean you're not a competitor. That's something that's internal. And some people have no desire to ever compete. I mean... And a guy who's yeah. had the, the number of championships that you've had and the number of martial arts that you've done and competed in, you are at your very heart. Your body may not want to do it anymore, but at your heart... Uh, you are a you are com you're a competitor. I've got I've got a little black book in my mind, and everyone that's ever submitted me <laughs> is in that book. And you know, it's my goal. One of the things that I, I know people who have that in real you, life who actually you're you're in that, that book, Dan. <laughs> and so you know, whether it's realistic or not, yeah. one of the things that that keeps me uh, moving and keeps me training uh, and passionate about you know um, what we're doing is the you know one day. You know, I'm gonna get my Ruwenga on that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know whether that, you know, there's like mini competitions. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to uh, sign into the British Open to do a competition. No. You know, you can have these. But you know, there's nothing wrong. There are a lot of people who don't want to compete. I don't. I, I, um, I encourage people to compete, mm. but I do not pressure people mm. to compete. If mm. I go to someone, I go, hey, you know, I, you're rolling pretty well. I think that you should have a look at doing yeah. this competition. Yeah. And they turn around and go, oh, I don't think I'm ready. And I'll say, you know, well, if you want to do it, I think you're ready. Yeah. And cool. if someone if I go and say the same thing and they go, I'm not interested. I hate competing. I go, mm. okay, cool. Yeah. I'll ask you. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. yeah. Come tell me. Come tell me if you change your mind. But it, uh, uh, but you know, ultimately, it's all about you know um, the development of of us as fighters, as mm. people, and you know, and you know, the old thing of development. And martial arts is about development of character. I, I still hold true to that. You know, and I, I agree. I, I, I agree. And you know, and um, you know, it's all about progress and pushing yourself and testing your limits in one way or the other um so yeah i love it i love all of it so the question i'm thinking and i think the question that other people may be thinking listen to this is what techniques have you taken from your profession and all the stuff you've learned through that and used in your training what do you do that's different for the average person to help you through the stuff that you know through your craft I mean, uh, st stuff that I've taken from my work and how do, how I apply it in in my training and stuff. Well, certainly, it's it's um it's that kind of that that resilience to always be moving, and um, you know, just because you're in a bad situation, uh, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean you know stuff is over. You know, it's over when you have this you know this acknowledgement of oh it's over I won you know, and when you do tap yeah that, that that's fine. It, but then you reset and you start again. Um, you know, because, you know, I'm, you know, I, I certainly have a dark side, you know, to some extent, you know, it's like for me um, and obviously being a big lump, you know, I, I, I'd like I like to break the spirit of people, you know, if I can, you know, so I want them to, you know, it's that thing when you're doing a smash pass and you're like, could you just pass already? You know, and, you know, it's that kind of I, I do obviously like that kind of that pressure game. I'm love trying that not shit. I'm trying not to do I'm trying Dude, to learn. Open I love guard, that shit. I, there is. Oh. God, in such a sadistic way. Let, um, let me let me give you an example. I, I'm the so, same, man. I'm the same. So, yeah, so, so, so um, when I was uh, when I was um, um, doing the striking more, um, I used to love a body shot. 
Because if you knock someone out, they're not conscious of it. It's like slap, bang, they're gone. Yeah. But if you hit somebody with a body shot, <clears throat> they will. And you, you're like, and basically what, what you'll see is you'll see the legs knock and, and, and buckle. And then there'll be a look of shock and fear on that face. Like what's happening to my body? It's not responding. And then they'll come down in the car. And for me, it's like that very horrible, nasty kind of like, you know, you're, you're, you're done in and you know that you're done in. Yeah. You know, it's like you're conscious 100%, 100%. of it. 100%. And I know that's a very evil kind of no, thing to say. But yeah, but I'm the same. That's why, in its context, when I um, when I am rolling and when I'm competing, I am not trying to uh, just submit your body. I'm trying to submit your mind. Yeah, absolutely. When I choke you, I'm trying to choke your soul. That's Mm. what I'm. That's what I'm looking to do, though. And 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 I have this theory, and and the seminar tour that I did recently was kind of based around that. Mm -hmm. It was about real horrible pressure stuff Mm. that is not necessarily designed to transition, not necessarily designed to submit, Mm. and in a way with the end goal of breaking that person's mm. spirit. Yeah. And I have a theory about jiu-jitsu, which is let's take away uh, how you win a match uh, by points. Take away points mm-hmm. and, and just think, you know, that, that's not, in my opinion, that's not a real victory. That isn't jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu is not about points. Jiu-jitsu is, um, is about submitting people. You're going to get flat for that. You do know. Oh, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit. Brilliant. Jiu-jitsu is about submitting people and the point system is the best we can, is, is the best that some people can do. Um, with the Given fact that we can't time just... constraints and etc. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, people who play 50-50 guard and try and win fights on an advantage. People who try to win. If you win a fight on an advantage, fine. If you try and win in a fight on an advantage, fuck you. I ain't interested in that Sweet shit. shit yeah. So, uh, we talk about properly winning a fight with a submission. Before you submit someone, they quit. Now, sometimes they quit. You get an armbar on someone and half a second before they tap, they quit then. But some people quit minutes into a fight that may go on for another mm. five or six minutes before yeah, you yeah. finally get the submission. Yeah. But at some point, yeah. that person is going to give up. Absolutely. Whether they've given up immediately before a sub, yeah. immediately before a choke, or a long time before that, at some point, you have to break their spirit before you can break their body. That's I mean, the whole Bane thing, right? Absolutely. Or break first. Absolutely. You know, in one, in one of the, the, the few tournaments, the jiu-jitsu tournaments I did, you know, I think it was the, the Essex Open a couple of years ago. And, you know, I had, you know, side control and, you know, pretty horrible cross-face pressure, which is something I really love. I love yeah. cross-face and stuff. And, and you know, and I was working at, working at the Americana on this guy. And it got to the point, I could tell by his wheezing, and he's just like, effectively you know, he gave me the Americano because he's just like, enough of you putting all of your horrible weight on me, yeah. I'm done. And and so, you know, that's for me is a really interesting thing yeah. you know, that, that that you can you can sort of break somebody mentally before you do that. And, you know, I mean, these are nice to haves. You know, that, that doesn't happen every single match, but, but it's certainly worth remembering that there is uh, a mental, there's a psychological side to a fight as well as just a physical and technical side to the fight. As well. Yeah, well, it doesn't happen every match because some people will not break as easy as other people. Absolutely. And you'll find that in training. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, you know, like I said last week, I like training with guys who, usually the big guys, mm-hmm. who bully the guy, little guys, and they, you know, throw their weight around a little bit and then you get them on their back and then suddenly they can't move and they quit. Yeah. They want out. And like going, a beetle on the back. Yeah. Right? And I'm going, look, motherfucker. Yeah. You were just rolling with someone who's 30 kilos yeah. lighter than you. 
and you were on top of him yeah and he didn't quit yeah and you were bullying him and yeah. dropping your shoulder in and sticking your elbow and yeah. looking up and smiling around I, I hate and now that kind and of now stuff. i'm 30 kilos lighter than you yeah. and i'm on top of you putting my weight down and you yeah. want out yeah. This is this, you know. Yeah, that's a bit of the taste of their own medicine. Absolutely, you know, yeah. you don't have to be heavier to do that. You just gotta no, know no, how no. to do it properly. For but sure, yeah. I, I, I love that shit. Yeah, I love. You know, that's what I look to do. I, I don't want to take your arm. I don't want to take your neck. Just that. I want to take your soul as well. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. So yeah. I know where you're coming from with that. So I mean, you know, and that, and, and that that's not everyone. Not everyone wants no. that. Some people no. wanna wanna. There are guys who it's the whole uh, it's the Hickson Hickson versus Colson thing. Yeah, you know, uh, Hickson is like water. Yes. And Carlson's like fire. Yes, you of know? course, yeah. Hickson drowns you yeah. and Carlson burns you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, crushes yeah. you and yeah. and they're two very different styles and there's no wrong style. This is the, the beauty of jiu-jitsu is that it's so organic and styles can be so independent and if you're a big guy, you're 130 kilos, mm. you can play guard. Yeah. And if you're 65 kilos, you can be a top game player. It's completely up to you. It's a little bit against the norm because the body types do dictate a little bit what you're going to be where you're going to be more often, but it's possible and it can be whatever you want to be. And yeah, you can exactly. crush the shit out of someone or you can float around them like water. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things that I love about jujitsu is that, uh, you know, it is, it's almost like an, an open source yeah. kind of martial art, you know, and it has its core, um, but, but it's also got, um, you know, this whole area which is continuing to develop. Yeah, you know, and, and I love I love this the, the classical jujitsu, and I love even when I sort of watch something like you know like Ryan Hall the way he moves, and of course I can appreciate the movement. Can I do it? I'm still trying, you know. But well, you that, got oh, you got to be realistic with this shit. I see so yeah, many. Of course, yeah. I see 95 kilo guys who think that they're going to be a Barambolo king. Yeah, yeah you're not. Yeah. You're not. No, no, you're no. six foot two. You're 95 kilos. You ain't going to be a Barambolo king. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and uh, so there are some things there as a physical limitation. Yeah, but for sure. For the most part. You know, it's it's so individual to the person. Yeah. No, I, I think that um, someone's style of jujitsu is almost like a fingerprint. Yeah, it, it yeah. may be similar to other people's. Yeah, it may have uh, bits and pieces from other people's, mm. but it is absolutely unique. Absolutely, yeah. Um, altogether, there is yeah. it's so many variables that altogether is it is really unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you because you've worked with a lot of different type of athletes. Yeah is what are some of the core fundamental differences? Uh, you know, we've, t we've spoken about, uh, you know, just your everyday uh, guys who don't compete. Hobbyist guys don't sort of thing. You know, let, let, let's talk a little bit of your more elite athletes. What what are the fundamental differences that you spot that you've, you know, because you pick up a lot of, you know, like you're saying, mm. you pick up on stuff. Uh, you're looking out for things so you can, you can notice things. What's the big difference between your elite athlete and your either non-elite athlete so you look at two guys and go this guy's this guy has what it takes to be very good uh and, and this guy maybe not so much and what's the difference between a uh, kind of sep separate question but related in a way what's the difference between a fighter and a you know for lack of a better word civilian a okay. non-fighter okay so <clears throat> using your analogy which i love about the sword you know most people don't even fucking have a sword you know, some people, certainly hobbyists, like they haven't even got a sword. Whereas, you know, if you look at an, um, as far as if, if the sword is like, um, you know, a mindset. OK, then people that are already at a top level that I work with, they've already got a mindset. But it might be like, you know, it might need sort of like polishing. You yeah. know, and it might need to be going. It needs the to be honed. Yeah. It needs to be honed and yeah. sharpened. But there's a sword. Yeah. 
with a lot of people, it's like, <clears throat> okay, we're going to start you with a wooden dummy sword. Like, no, I want the big bastard sword. Yeah. Now you get that after you've trained, you know, you know, like in Game of Thrones, where he gives her the needle and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's like... Um, Needle's you know, going to kill some people, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. And silently and quickly, yeah. you know. Um, it might not kill any White Walkers. Awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, go on. Yeah, but be stylish. <laughs> I don't want to get. To, I don't want to talk too much about Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm resisting every episode. I'm resisting. Oh, really? Every, Where are you at in it? No, I'm, I'm current. I'm resisting every podcast episode about talking about... Oh, about yeah, no, I'm... Yeah, I'm... Yeah, so... Um, did you see the, the IKEA advert? Like the like the like the wedge, the door wedge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's yeah. like too soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, people anyway. will know who what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so um so it's about uh, people that that I work with that are already you know um achieving some level of success, whether it's a, a regional, national, or international. Um, they'll already have a sword, and then it's just a matter of honing. There might be some things that that need to be worked on within that kind of like on the sword, maybe you know, but but the um uh, some people will just come into it and they're like i'm here because my instructor told me to come here yeah um and i keep having like sometimes i have a panic attack before i have a fight or sometimes i get nervous or i get too pumped you know and then they're like okay right so then i have to introduce the principles to them so can you tell when someone comes to you can you tell whether they've got a sword or not um usually yeah Yes. Yeah. There, there, there is, there is almost like a, a, a certain grace about a person, and I, I don't mean you know that they're, they're a really good person. I mean, but there is, there is. Um, is that something that you that uh, there are certain uh, flags that you look for in a person in 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 stuff that you pick up, or is it is it a case of you've worked with so many people and uh, have seen and not not worked with professionally necessarily yeah. but you've been around so many different levels of people that you can tell yeah i mean i mean there's a kind of a, a, a fluency of movement uh, a fluency of communication yeah you know and this isn't related to whether the person's you know um a super academic intelligent guy or not it's got nothing to do with it but you know um you can you can tell you know it, there is a, it's quite difficult to, to put into to, to into words really there's just a well, sense I think that's because possibly you've you've learned some of this through uh not through conscious things yeah but you, you have a vibe about yeah exactly you know more you, than you're you, you're looking for specific you things. get a sense that there's there's a kind of a slickness yeah. about you know ab about you know their movement their fighting and, and you know and and certainly the, the way that they um the way that they have principles about fighting formulated in their mind sure as opposed to you know well i just go i just turn up and go through the door good how do you think that's going to work out for yeah. long term it's you know it's just there it's are not there are people fighting for the wrong reasons yeah do I you mean, see many of those do, do many of the do these people find for the wrong reasons um do they come to you and this is a uh, again i was i don't want to i'm not anti-mma I love MMA. I watch MMA all the yeah. time, but it does happen that there are a lot of guys who 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 compete in MMA for the wrong reasons more than other sports that have a little bit less glamour to them, such as Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You know, it's like you know, I'd be a liar if I haven't worked with MMA fighters that you know that um, aren't covered in tats and you know and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think that's cool if that's that's what they want to do. Absolutely, that's go for it. And but you know, you you do see some people that look. Let me tell you a story. There was a there was a guy who I've worked with um, quite a few unlicensed boxing uh, boxers, yep. and um, and uh, th there was a guy who is a little a little hairdresser, um, and he looked like a little barber, 
And he looked like, you know that... Like, the way he talks like that. You know, the, the comedian. Yeah. I can't remember yeah, his yeah, name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, I know you um, But he looked like that. And I'm like, what? It's a double take. Anyway, he's in a pub um, and he's having a drink. And some, some guy's saying, oh, you know, because he's short, he's a diminutive guy. And he's a, he's a barber. I mean, he's the, he's the probably... He's, he wasn't effeminate. Yeah. But he's probably the least macho and masculine. He looks like an easy target, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some guys were saying, oh, you know, ripping the mick out of him. And so he said look, you know, let's, let's have it on the cobbles and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, one, one, of the, one of the chaps I know who, who puts together fights like this, he said, do it the right way, do it in the ring. Then you can raise a bit of money for charity or whatever. And I remember working with him and um, he was somebody that had no idea about the whole idea of a mindset and stuff like that. And, you know, when I, when I did empower him, when I did switch him on, when I did get him into the power, the, you know, when I say power circle, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, about. yeah. Uh, you know, into that performance state for the first time. You know, I, usually when I'm working with an athlete like you or, or, or any athlete that is a trained martial artist, I will be looking to amplify the that state, that performance state to the absolute maximum. Yeah. You know, because uh, I want them to have that, you know, that real kind of like maximum um, sort of experience of, of, of that perfect performance state. When I started to do with with this guy, who's the this guy, he he was shaking like not nervous, but like like he was channeling he was hype. He was about to go super saiyan or something. He was hype, and you know, he's like, I was thinking, my God, this guy's in his fifties. Yeah, I'm like, you know, he doesn't, he's, he's never trained before. I actually, I had to sort of bring his stay yeah, down yeah, a yeah, little bit, yeah. and like, okay, anyway, session's over now. You've got to go. Like, if, if you have a heart attack, don't have it on my time. Kind of thing. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you can get a sense of you know what's. Uh, where people were at. I mean, you know, I know when we started together, working together, Dan, you know, within the first, I suppose, session, you know, the fact that you uh, you can relate to these concepts and you can, you've, you've already got your own mental models of a lot of the stuff that we were talking about anyway. Sure. And you can just plug that in, maybe adapt it, modify it. You know, that's that's the difference between someone who's like, what's all this then? Does yeah. this mean I'm sort of, you know, are you a shrink? You know, yeah, that kind yeah, of like, yeah. very kind of like... Are you a wizard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't got any hair. I can't be a wizard, you know, like an like evil wizard, like Gargamel or something. <laughs> but um, so, you know, that's, uh, you do get a sense of, of where people are at. You know. um, just quickly, how did that guy do in his boxing match? Yeah, he won. I mean, I think it was it was one of these things where did he uh, beat him? Did he beat him? Yeah, he he beat him, uh, and it was then he got left alone at the pub. Oh, you really? know, then he was allowed to go and drink in the pub, and 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 that was that's that a was cool story, end. man. You know, but um, so so I mean, I you know different. You know, I've worked with worked with another martial artist, uh, was well, a Thai boxer, and you know he got stabbed up really badly, wow. and so. The, the thought of, of him fighting in the ring, he was a bag of nerves. Now you think, well, you know, you don't fight, it's not honest, you're not fighting with any knives or anything, yeah. but the brain doesn't think like that on a primal level. Mm. It's like threat, response, threat, response. It's not necessarily logical. Absolutely, no. So it's, a, it's about changing uh, and reconditioning those responses till they've got something which is usable. Uh, and, uh, and it's about sort of like, uh, sort of supposed negating that kind of a negative response and creating something new like do this instead try yeah, this instead yeah. and you know he's gone on to you know i think he's won a won a national title at wow, time boxing. Awesome. so that's, that's really lovely to for me to hear that you know just talking about uh you know with you talking about you working with these these athletes or you know non-athletes even um what it seems is that you can get a very dramatic immediate obvious almost measurable change in someone almost 
you know, we, we, in, in one session. Yeah. Which must be fucking awesome. Uh, it, it, I mean, you know... Because as, as, co- as a coach myself... Yeah. Um, be it, you know, helping some people with their strength and conditioning, but, you know, mainly helping them with their technical side of their jiu-jitsu. This is something where you put in a lot of time and a lot of work. Mm. And over a, over a long period of time, mm. you start to see small changes. Mm. Now, when I see a guy do the technique that I taught that week... Mm. I feel like fucking awesome. You know, that, 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 that's, I'd rather see one of my students pull off a technique that I've taught than yeah. pull off that technique myself. Yeah, for someone. sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so that, that's awesome for me. And that's not, uh, that, that's small, that, you know, it's mm. very small scale. Mm. So for you to be able to uh, change someone instantaneously almost is, must be awesome to it, see. It, it, I mean, to be honest with you, at the end of a lot of sessions, you know, people will go, okay, I've got to pay you. And I'm like, Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. And I just chuck it down on the chair because the money's not why I do it. Yeah. I do it because I want people to, to you know, if you imagine like a flannel, you yeah. put, you immerse the flannel in water and you and you pick it up and it's heavy, it's pregnant with water. I want people to squeeze every last drop out of that out of that flannel, get every last you know like ounce of potential, ounce of life out of um, whatever it is they're trying to do, mm. and that goes with people. I mean, I do business coaching with people, yeah. and you would be, you probably wouldn't be surprised, but but it's amazing how similar you know the the fighting mindset yeah. is transferable yeah. to the business mindset sure. you know that's like um so that and they eat this stuff up you know business people eat this stuff up. Yeah, oh that's, gosh, that's really? a big thing right now yeah business oh. coaching is a big yeah. thing right now it's um so anything it, with the word business in front of it is a big thing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, wait. Um, but you know so um so yeah it is really amazing to see that you know and you know and, you know i've got an ego you know i mean so when 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 i sort of see that person's in a, really empowered super powerful state you know um you either just think oh great that was that was like a piece of artistry you know that was a really nice thing so yeah that must be very very it's a very nice thing almost like if you could personally train someone and suddenly you can like see their biceps getting bigger as you're training them but Um, but the only thing i'd say on top of that is like the following week I'll completely play that down. Yeah. And go, no. Well, you don't okay. want to come in and just be like, oh, okay. you're, you're fucking done. You know, you're yeah. the man now. No, no, no. Cause... No, like, okay, well, yeah. uh, no, now, now the real work starts because then it's about repetition, 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 repetition. You know, it's about, you know, repeating it and making it a, you know, like you have a, um, a repeatable yeah. response. Yeah. You know, I don't just, you know, you don't just ever want to have just one orgasm. You want to have, you know, orgasms all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not, big not, time. Not all the time. <laughs> not all the time. No, yeah. that would be incredibly You'd have to be a woman to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be incredibly inconvenient. But uh, yeah. often. Yes, yeah. Frequent. <laughs> Frequently, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Regular. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Um, last couple of things, kind of. What what would you want to, as a last message, sort of, as, as we start to finish off now? I know you're going to train in a minute. Yeah. Um, what would be the last thing that you want to say to people uh, who are listening to this are going to be guys who, uh, mainly jiu-jitsu guys, but people of, you know, possibly other sports and stuff like that. And, you know, um, I'm not trying to just make a jiu-jitsu podcast. I want to make a podcast about stuff, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, stuff that I find interesting. This is such an interesting topic for me. Um possibly not have a great experience with this sort of stuff. What's the final part message that you want to give to everyone else? I mean, I would say, I mean, there's some real cheesy uh, phrases that yeah, you we have. love cheesy phrases. No, but, and, love and, you know, cheesy phrases. From you therapy, and it's this idea, and you know, it is from this, uh, you know, this sort of Californian guy, and it's like, you know, you're more than what you think you are. 
Yeah. You know, and sometimes that's for better, sometimes that's for worse. But, you know, the thing is, is is you don't have to be a number one. You don't have to be, you know, ADCC, pro trials and all the rest of it. You know, you don't, you don't even have to compete. But... But, you know, when you're dead, you're dead. And, you know, you know, if you believe in, you know, the the afterlife, then that's fantastic. But, you know, you know, we have got one life. So I really, I demand, I demand that people make the yeah. fucking most out of their life. Yeah, I love that. You know, and, you know, and I, one thing I'll say to people more therapeutically to shit people up is say, well, what are you going to do with your remaining heartbeats? Because they are finite. Yeah. And then the dramatic pause. Yeah. You know, because it's like, you know, let's kind of have the best life we can. Let's let's achieve the highest accolades that we can, mm. you know, and push ourselves in as much, not push us in grind, grind, grind all the time, but let's explore, you know, let's grow um, as people as much as we can, you know, and, and if you have looked at some of the, you know, the mental side of stuff before and thought, oh, it's just, that's just shit and stuff, you know, just have a look again. I'm happy to offer down to any, anyone that's listening, you know, like a free, you know, 15 minutes of chat, consultation with mm. me you know just to talk over some stuff with absolutely no obligation because if i can have a have a conversation with somebody for 15 minutes and i leave them in a better place for me then that's good for me that's good for my karma yeah you know, i've got to keep up topping up my karmic bank balance yeah you know, based on my childhood so you know so yeah definitely uh, definitely happy to help anyone you know in any way and you know, not necessarily in the fight scene. It might be in a different kind of thing. Oh, I've got this kind of thing. Everything's going right apart from this one thing, which is like, so, you know, um, happy to help. And, um, you know, learning to think differently about something. So it's like, let's say, well, if I thought, let's say I've got this problem, Dan, and I think about this problem the way Alan thinks about that. If I imagine as best I can, that I was Dan Strauss. How would Dan Strauss approach this problem, knowing that Dan Strauss doesn't have this problem? So how, if Dan Strauss, you know, was faced with the problem, how would he, what would, how would he do that? Oh, well, it's obvious he'd do that, that, and that. Okay, well, have you tried that? No, I haven't. We'll try doing, you know, so being able to think outside of the box and get distance from a problem or a challenge and look at it from somebody else's perspective, you know, can be immensely useful, so another ramble yeah <laughs> dude that was fucking awesome okay. i couldn't have concluded this episode any better than that that was really really cool i would love to get you on again sure, uh, in, in in uh you know later on this year anytime. i'd love to get you on again uh answer some questions that people have which they're sending through to the raspberry ape podcast at gmail.com boom um but actually what i'd like to do next time i get you on is start talking about uh the mind um and not necessarily uh just to do with martial arts and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and fighting. Yeah. But, you know, you've obviously got a lot more in there and uh, I'd love to put your brain some more. It's a fascinating subject. Um, I think you put it so well by saying, um, you, you, you know, you've only got a certain amount of time on this earth. You've only got a certain amount of hours to do stuff and heartbeats to use yeah. up. Uh, and, you, you know, don't spend the entire time training your body and not training your mind in the same way that you don't spend the entire time training your mind and not training your body. Get out there and do something. Realize yeah. that the mind is a a powerful tool not just a weapon uh, like we're talking about today but a tool and it's so much more powerful than uh, in my opinion humans are aware of yet For you sure. know the, 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 the brain is 
the most fascinating thing that we are aware, you know, it's the, it's the most complex thing that we are aware about in the universe mm. at the moment. Mm. Um, as far as we're aware, there is nothing like us. There is no intelligent life forms and we are the most intelligent life form. And I think that there's so little about, you know, stuff like there's more neurons in your brain than there are stars in the observable uh, universe mm. and, you know, crazy shit like that. Yeah, that is um, and uh but yeah man i'd love to get you on again and, and talk to you more because that was awesome i loved it so yeah, much uh so that's going to be it today i'm going to let you get off and train um i want to thank everyone very much for listening if they want to catch you uh let's drop some websites and stuff like that so they can find you on facebook if they just search for fighters mind yeah i think it's, Do you have a website uh, yeah it's fightersmind.co.uk that's easy it, enough it looks awful but yeah. you know you can get my contact details my telephone numbers Oh seven nine oh three seven one three two three four. And I've oh got Jesus fi- Christ, you're gonna be busy man now. No, no, no. You know, <laughs> so, you know. So it's it's fightersmind is uh, dot uk is the website. But you know, I think it's facebook.com forward slash fightersmind. Just yeah. stick it into Google and yeah. If you stick fightersmind in the Facebook yeah. or Google, then you'll be able to find some there. Dude, that was awesome. Uh, thank you very much to everyone for listening. If you uh, want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Facebook or you can find me on Instagram. If you just search for Daniel Strauss or search for the Raspberry Ape. And um, if you want to email the podcast, it's the Raspberry Ape Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you're on iTunes, then please go and write a review. Um, I need I need a couple more reviews before they'll actually uh, publish how many stars I've got. Uh, so yeah, I want to I want to get those those stars. <laughs> got to be obsessed about something. So yeah, I want those damn stars. So if you go do that, it'd be really cool. Share it with your friends and uh, really interesting episode. I'd love to get you on again. Thank you very much to Alan for coming down here, and thank you very much to everyone for listening. Take it easy. I'll catch you next time.